With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Kaylin Patterson, Midwest Month of P4P Real Talk in your earlobe. And hey, <laughs> we're happy to be on that live, and I hope you're happy to be hitting us live. But before we get any further started, great weekend, great show this weekend, and uh, lots of uh, <laughs> lots of competitors. And I'm really surprised that we had so many. Before we go any further than that, gotta introduce the co-hostess with the mo-hostess, mo-hostess, mo-hostess. Anyhow. Death Ray Patrick Carruthers, the other Carruthers, and Jesse Estrafte, our special guest. Please, well, Death, how you doing? I am doing just fine. Happy to be here. Excited that Jesse can join us as we embark on what is known as the Wisconsin Warrior. Warrior. <laughs> They did come out because they were battling. Like they were battling yeah. on the stage. With hold on, hold on. I'll, 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 I'll give you another shot mm-hmm. at this round. Warriors, um, out. Warriors. There we go. <laughs> Woo, I digress. Okay, that's enough of my silliness. Jelly, <laughs> jelly. <laughs> Let's just call her Jelly for the rest of the show. Jesse, Jesse Ostrowski, please do introduce yourself and uh, share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. Yeah, hi. It's nice to hear you guys' voice. I swear you guys have like the best voice for podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Super entertaining, yes. Um, Nice to be back. I know it's been like a year and a half or something um, since I last got to jump on a podcast with you guys. And... A lot has changed for me since. Definitely have not stepped on a stage for a couple years and got into coaching and then had some awesome experiences there. Um, And then when COVID hit last year, I ended up taking my stimulus check and just investing into functional medicine and uh, diving into hormones and gut health and insulin sensitivity and autoimmune diseases and have had a, a... a go around over the last year working for uh, Jason Theobald at Scooby Prep and um, been working with a number of clients to help them with uh, metabolism and hormone health from extreme dieting and chronic stress and um, have just been loving that whole journey and the other aspect of um, that piece of things as a coach. So it's been pretty cool. You know, and I'm really glad that you brought that part of it up, and I was actually going to ask you to expand a little bit on why functional medicine is actually very important for the natural bodybuilder. And I know our show is about the Wisconsin Warrior, 
But can we just take like like two short minutes, and I know that's not enough to do it justice, so I really think we need to have you back to do a full show on this. But just give us like the 50,000-foot view of why bodybuilders need to be in tune with their hormones and what does that mean yeah. to their performance and their health. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really, truly all athletes really need to, to look at it. Um, it starts with just getting your labs drawn because we end up having symptoms that we end up experiencing fatigue. We end up having uh, gut dysbiosis or poor inability to be able to digest food. I know that's severely <laughs> common with bodybuilders. Um, and our hormones get out of whack. And then we're not building as much muscle. Um, maybe our period stops because we're dieting too hard for too long. And in the competition world, that's like very prevalent. We see that all the time. And the difficult thing is that we have coaches out there that they're not specifically certified. They don't understand how metabolism or hormones work. And it's always the law of thermodynamics, you know, calories in versus calories out, just drop food, increase cardio. And what that does is just increase stress in the body. It spikes cortisol and that downregulates all your hormones and your progesterone. And that affects your testosterone. It affects you end up with, you know, losing your period or for too long or estrogen dominance and then affects the gut and the ability to break down your food. And then if you can't break down food, you're not getting any nutrition. And so you end up with nutrition deficiencies that then affect the thyroid and all sorts of different things. So bodybuilders need to really, when they're looking for a coach and we know most bodybuilders don't stick with the same coach they start with. I mean, I've had, three myself and it's really hard to find a coach that really knows what's going on with your body and can draw labs read them optimally and then know the types of protocols to fix the imbalances in your hormones and in your thyroid and your metabolism but so that's kind of the gist of it is um, doing your research before you find a coach who can um, really help you so that you can prevent issues while you're dieting and prep and then you can um, find that balance or improve issues, you know, that you caused, I guess, from, from dieting and overtraining. Yes. And we, and, and we do cause this. And like I said, we need to have a whole other show. So we're going to twist Jesse's on to come back and get this more in depth. But I just know from personal experience, um, prior to my last break, if you will, improvement season, whatever it is you want to call it, um, my hormones were erect. Progesterone in the tube, estrogen, mm-hmm. you know, testosterone is probably normal, but estrogen high. And so just, you know, and these are things that we don't even take into consideration. And then we wonder why we don't feel well. You know, we're in there taking yep. our thyroid and this, that, and the next thing. And the doctors are saying, well, you know, thyroid looks Everything's good. Everything's normal. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. Why do I feel bad? It's because we're not looking at the right things, and you have to know what to look for in order to prompt your coach or your doctor or somebody to look. You have to know what to ask for, and most of us just don't. So that's going to have to be like a whole nother show. It is so important, and I really, really, really want athletes oops, sorry, I really want athletes to understand this concept. Mm-hmm. So yep, me too. Be, be tuned. <laughs> be tuned, and you're going to want to make that show. But okay, so in the near term, what we are here to focus on tonight? What are we focusing on tonight, Kaylin? 
What is it? It's the Wisconsin Warrior. Oh, but I wanted to hear you say Warriors. Oh, okay, I got you. Warriors. Come out that <laughs> way. <laughs> All right, shoot. So cue us up, dude. Cue us up. Tell everybody what was mm-hmm. happening last mm-hmm. weekend. And, uh-uh. and, I ain't cueing and, you up no? yet. Not yet. You're not cueing us up yet. Exactly. All right, what do we got to do first? And then not let me throw in my two cents. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. No, Throw it. Uh, Throw <laughs> yeah. it. Throw it. Okay. The one thing that Jesse brought up is so true is that, you know, without the the background for these certifications and the information, it's basically half-truths and almost full lies when it comes to the sharing of information. And, and as you know how much I hate the bro science and the lack of yes. it. Yes. And I know people's bodies should not be guinea pigs so people are finding out, oh, this works. I mean, because when we talk, we even talk about food allergens. And the thing that Jesse brought up about the thyroid is that hospitals and doctors are basically removing them and putting them on medication mm-hmm. instead of dealing with the, the, the original issue the root cause. of the food and the, and the metabolism yep. and all these other things. So it, it's frightening. The, you know, it, just as much as we have people that are being put on uh, TRT at an early age simply because they have poor nutrition, it's also getting to the point of being that way for women having their thyroid removed. And I, I, I have at least six women at my gym who have simply had that happen when you talk to them and you find out it's just poor nutrition and diet. And it's amazing that that's the diagnosis that's being given. Granted, you know, they, they are trying to help, and I'll put that in air quotes, help the people, but they're doing the very least way of going about it. So we're definitely going to have to have a show about this because it's frightening what the outcome for a person's lifetime is going to be with mm-hmm. all these things that basically keep the body in check being removed. I mean, because if you keep on adding testosterone from an outside source, at some point the little low T you have becomes uh, non-existent. And then if you're removing the thyroid, you're talking about all kinds of issues that can happen from that. So, you know, that's something mm-hmm. we definitely need to get our, our hands into and, and muddy up this water because it's, it's, it's pretty bad. It's, it's pretty bad. It is, and to be honest, it it kind of rolls into what we're talking tonight with with the competition last weekend at the Wisconsin Warrior because we were athletes. <laughs> we Kaylin and I sat next to each other. I was on the end, and I was surprised how some of these athletes were brought on stage and and how the conditioning came in. And I was like, whoa, there's too much depletion, too much conditioning, loss of muscle, flatness of muscle. Mm-hmm. And there was it's blow, very there were obvious. extended guts on a few athletes that yeah. was not, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. what happened, but that was not that's, normal. Yep. That's SIBO for sure. Gut dysbiosis for sure. That's exactly what I said to Kaylin. I was like, that's SIBO. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's, there was quite a bit, I feel like we saw this weekend that actually proves the presence of um, these things that we're talking about with, with functional health. 
Yes, so important. And so I'm going to switch this, though. I'm going to bring us back around because otherwise we are just going to talk about this tonight. And I've already promised well, we that we're talking we about the what? The warrior. <laughs> but so I'm going to switch this around. So you, you heard Jesse say, well, Caitlin and I were sitting next to each other. Well, why were Caitlin and Jesse sitting next to each other? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you why. Because the three of us had the privilege of – uh, being on the judging panel for the Wisconsin Warrior. And so that's why we are talking about the Warrior, going to bring you a judge's perspective and, you know, some of the results. And I say some because even though we were there and we played into how the results, we don't have a list as of yet. It was supposed to be on its way. It hasn't come. So we are just going to have to have discussion share memories the best that we can, and talk about the things that we saw that um, we think are going to be important for natural athletes to take note of as you guys continue to prepare for the rest of the competition season. So with all that being said, Kaylin, are you ready to finish setting us up? Yeah. How phenomenal was the Wisconsin Warrior? And who was promoting it? And just say the things. I'll say the things that make the things that make things make sense. How's that? Things, yes, (laughs) the things. (laughs) Well, we had a a great time up there. I mean, uh, Tony and Courtney Spade, they're they're doing a, a great job up in their region as far as taking care of their communities. So I was really excited to know that they were going to take on a promotion and actually take care of the athletes just like they've been taking care of the people in their community. They do an awful lot in their area with just, just for people that are, are striving for health and fitness. So it's just amazing. And I, I think I asked them that when I was up there, where do you find the time to do all these things? Because my goodness, it mm-hmm. seems like there's something else being thrown in the bucket and they're finding ways to uh, branch out and take care of even more people. So, the Wisconsin Warrior, oh, yeah, was just an exciting time to be up there and, and see the athletes. And then when you have the caliber of athletes that we had at the show, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to watch them. And thankfully, many of them stayed after to get the judges' critique and criteria. And some of them even met us over at the uh, – um, Oh, yeah, at the after party. I don't know why I couldn't think of that name. Why I couldn't think of it. Uh, 44-something. Boy, that was a really scenic place. 44 and the North. Food. North. Yeah, 44 North. Oh. There you go. I'm not you didn't like the food? I, I love the food. What are you talking about? Oh, Ooh. I I, don't, I guess I don't know what you said. I heard it. Something, something. You blanked out place and especially the food. So I... The word I thought you said was not a positive word, but evidently you oh, shared a positive word. I shared a very positive word. It was so positive <laughs> that I'm actually going north myself. <laughs> all right. But anyway. But yes, all the things I, that Kaylin said. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we had a great judging panel, and I'm, I'm always happy to see that because I know uh, – the athletes are going to get a fair shake at what they're doing if they present themselves well. Now, I know um, 
This is something we, we key on a lot. And I, I know Jesse and I, now when, when, when you hear us say, Jesse and I saying that we talked, we talked after uh, the judging was completed and basically just sharing questions that we had, not about placing, but how an athlete uh, respectively looked and helped, not just on stage, because that was a, a big thing. That's a big thing for she and I, and so we were touching base on, you know, am I seeing what, what I think I'm seeing, or or is this something that maybe is just in my imagination and not for real? So I don't want people to think we were comparing notes because that's the last yep. thing we, we would do. But I do want yes. to put in that fact, out there. You know, just, go ahead. I just want to say just to piggyback on what you said. In fact, we were, you know, reminded several times we should not have conversations while judging. So mm-hmm. after the facts, cool, but not while you're looking at someone before scores have been turned in. There was none of that going on. So there was no influencing from one judge to another as to what their scores were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's proof to that because at the end of the night, I, I Kaylin and I differed on some of our um, ideas of kind of like what we were looking for, fine-tuning, you know, leaning kind of back and forth with uh, – do we award conditioning or do we award size, you know, or do we award shape and symmetry or do we award more size and conditioning? So, um, yeah, there was a lot of very obvious differences, I feel like, within the judging panel, but I also feel like the right people people were placed in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, one of the things that we were definitely keying on is making sure we got it right. And I know uh, at one point we were asked if, if there was any way that things could go faster. And, and uh, I think everybody that was in the judging panel had a resounding no. If you want us to get this right, then allow us the time to ensure it because there were some good competitors up there. And honestly, some of them actually got better during the posing round. And they mm-hmm. did initially being on stage. So that was uh, mm-hmm. a, a, a nice thing to see. And it, it was, honestly, I enjoy judging because it's not because it's stressful, but because they come in good enough to make you have to do your job like you would on stage competing against someone else. But basically our competition is our own mind. You know, how, how close are we to the criteria? How close are we to what's on stage being represented? And how good are they at representing themselves to make sure we can see their absolute best instead of, uh, I think at one point, one, one fella had actually turned the wrong way and refused to uh, to go back and, and get it right. You felt that if I made a mistake, then I'll just stay in it and hopefully things will get right. But it, uh, these are the things that cost some points. You know, what you, you can't say anything until after the show. And there was one fellow in the Masters Classic Physique, and he he also completed uh, competed completed competed in the in the Open uh, Classic Physique, and he asked, he had a chance to ask me, and I said, you know, he saw me shake my head. I, I think Jesse and I has uh, we have a hard time of uh, hiding our our inner feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse had put her head down and I shook my head because he was posing to us instead of to the lighting. 
and it really mm-hmm. took away from his symmetry. And we were almost begging him, and I'm not kidding, like mentally begging him to straighten out so we could see the the symmetry as compared to the people standing next to him. Because we even had the, the what we thought was the first, second, and third come near each other so we could get a better look. And uh, I like how Leif had done that, and uh, he and uh, Christopher Worth, where they were having us basically send down to make sure we were getting the people we, we had close calls on uh, moved mm-hmm. close to each other so we could get that respective uh, look that we were looking for. And when that happened, for some reason, he just changed his proportions and symmetry and went with a different look. And it, it was it was – it was disappointing because he could have placed much higher if he would have exposed his lats and also shown uh, a, a better chest presentation instead of basically just letting us see his shoulders and letting that dominate the post. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he he could have done much better. And, and when I let him know that, he wasn't – honestly, I, I thought he'd be more upset because he did bring a good package. I did see him backstage. And I had him picked to place higher, but with uh, what he showed us, it was incredibly hard to do so. And, and we can't just give off of what we saw backstage. We have to give what's being presented on stage at that time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that, yeah, I, would I mean, say that, that is the long would, and short of it. Yeah, and they, they did get moved around a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. Leaf was moving them around quite a bit and then making sure that if there was any athlete we needed to see or two athletes we needed to see together to make that happen. And I requested that quite often because I was on the end. Um, And Mm -hmm. sometimes athletes are pretty good at posing to the head judge and then making sure they twist a little bit to get everyone on the sides, which I think is Mm -hmm. really important for to get that eye contact with the judges Mm -hmm. and also know that when you hit your pose, you're angling yourself in just a little bit, you're not just straight towards the audience, which is something that, you know, Leaf also was really good about directing some of the athletes to do that, which was nice. Yes. Yep. And if any of you are wondering, so Wisconsin Warrior is not a new show. This is actually a show that's been under the Natty uh, Revolution umbrella for a couple of years now. But this is the first year where – Courtney and Tony Spates have taken over the promotion of this show from Leif Anderson. So Leif's still very much involved uh, in his shows um, under the Natty Revolution umbrella. He was the uh, MC, the voice of the show. Christopher Wirth was the head judge. So it really was a very smooth, seamless process, and they both did a good job of making sure that you know, the judges, if they had a request for a comparison, the athletes got moved around from end to end, side to side. I mean, everybody got plenty of time to be looked at. So that was um, that was definitely a plus. Mm-hmm. That was definitely a plus. All right, guys. Well, we don't have, we don't, we do not have the uh, courtesy Courtesy is maybe not the right word. Courtesy is not the right word. We don't have the insights of having a complete list of all of the results. But I do want to touch on a uh, a couple of categories here that I think warrant some conversation. Um, you know, first off, not going to spend a lot of time here, but there was an angel division. And uh, it's always great to see one of my favorite angels performing, and that's uh, 
Fiona Daniels, who's also our special needs champion. She was there. Love to see that gal in her wings. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, my goodness. We had uh, Fiona's dad on the show probably a month or so ago just talking about her um you know, just her journey into natural bodybuilding. And he even shared during the Wisconsin Warrior that, you know, with Fiona's um, condition or, you know, there are different different levels. I don't know if levels, types, what the correct terminology is, but of Down syndrome. And with what she has, they always say that, you know, it's very difficult to develop muscle or, you know, to develop muscle structure. And he's like, whatever, you know, look at my daughter. She's putting in the work. She's making it happen. And let me tell you, that girl has quads for days. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. She's putting on some size. Putting it on. She ain't scared of squat rack. (laughs) She's not scared. She's not scared. So there was the angel division. And, you know, for the first time, there was sports model. Well, not for the first time sports model, but there was sports model. And for the first time, we had a male in the sports model category. What do you guys think about that? I like it. Yeah, I like it. I feel like some of the physique guys could have jumped into that category very easily and done well. Oh, uh, you better believe it. That uh, the one fella with that smile and the hair, he could have yeah. walked on and walked on. We wouldn't even have to judge him. <laughs> yeah, I I do feel like some of the some federations need to do better at promoting some of these other categories, because you know, or I mean, because it's not that much more expensive to register and then do like maybe two or three different categories. I mean, if you're spending the the day and the money to do the tan and to prep for the show. You know, you might as well have as much stage time as you can possibly get and win some trophies. <laughs> yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And, I mean, I guess the only reason that I bring that up is because there is nothing that I've seen stating that sports model has to be female. I think we all just assume mm-hmm. that the sports model category is for the ladies, but there's nothing stating. And and if there is, somebody share it with us, point it out. I haven't read everybody's criteria for that category, but – there's nothing that I've seen that says it has to be female. And so we actually had a male step up and say, hey, I can do that. I can be a sports model. I can represent health. And I was just like, well, then you go, boy. Yeah, and trails out there. Pioneering. He had a, he had a fun time doing it. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and then uh, I have to say, boy, oh, go ahead, Kaylin. Well, I was going to say about the sports models, it, the representation is the model. So it never differentiated whether it, whether the you could have a male group or a female group. And I think that would be great if you yeah. did. Because, mm-hmm. like like I said, like, like Jesse said, uh, there were two uh, in men's physique that would have been an easy choice for, for sports model because they, they looked and represented that stage presence that well. And I think uh, mm-hmm. sports model is a great uh, choice to look at to see, you know, where I might stand later down the line. Everybody is yeah. and, and thankfully if they can cover both and cover one better than the other. I mean, there's some uh, ladies that were in bikini, but you could see later on 
they're going to be in figure because that muscle development and their their symmetry is going that way. So I don't, I don't think there's any fear in that or, or any worry of it. You wouldn't be taking away from the sport at all if you had uh, a, a men mm-hmm. and women sports model. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, I don't really watch this show, but my youngest likes to watch it on uh, Hulu, I think it is, and it's America's Next Top Model with Tyra Banks. Mm-hmm. And they have opened it up to a co-ed competition now where you have male models competing against the female models, and it used to be only females. So I kind of feel like that's what we got going on. We got the male models stepping up, maybe. We'll see how this goes if other males get uh, braver. But I really do think Jesse hit the nail on the head where, you know, if the promoters would promote it and plant that seed to male athletes, I think we would see more of them step up and compete in that category. Mm-hmm. And you can give a sentence, too. I mean, uh, Revel, the photographer that was there this weekend, is phenomenal. I've shot with him plenty of times over the last year. And he has some incredible pictures that he's just started rolling out with editing. And especially even from the stage, the lighting was not bad at all. I was actually impressed with the lighting that we had in that room. Um, but I even offering like a free photo shoot with the main photographer, you know, I feel mm-hmm. like there's always an incentive that promoters can give to kind of push athletes to try something new and add another category on their belt. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I, you know, that is more food for thought. I know they, I know that the space did try to coordinate a photo shoot. I don't think that it was for free, but they did offer <laughs> athletes the opportunity to take advantage of that. And like you said, you're already tanned, you're already in the location, you're already spending mm-hmm. the money on travel and lodging. Why not schedule the mm-hmm. photo shoot and capture the opportunity, capture photos of your work outside of just the stage in a more artistic setting and just have those additional memories. Why not do that? Mm-hmm. So, yep. I am all about it. I am all about it. Um, I know one thing that we wanted to talk about and my hope was that we would be able to like mingle it in, in between talking about who placed oh, no. in the individual categories uh-huh. and can do that. <laughs> And that's okay. Um, But let's talk about posing because I definitely know that there Uh, was some really good posing and then there was definitely some faux pas in posing. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about that. And I know, Jesse, I know a few things kind of stuck out to you. What are some of the things? Let's start with the faux pas because I think that's mostly what athletes want to hear about. What am I not supposed to do? Let's kind of start there and some of the things that struck you as, oh, my gosh, that was not a good pose. Yeah, well, first I would start out with um, stage presence. When you first walk out, confidence and smile is everything. I mean, a lot of girls and even guys are up there and they're so nervous. Um, and they practice mm-hmm. their posing so much, and they're not smiling when they're practicing their posing, so they don't think to smile on stage. And that's really important um, because you want to look like you're having a good time up there. Um, so I would say that that's definitely a faux pas is not smiling and not being confident about your posing, and that obviously comes down to practice. Um, I would say, like, bikini, we have lats, forced clothes, like clothes like elbows too close together and and sometimes legs open too wide and that back pose just not getting hit properly or the walk. Um, You know, the the walk, I think, in those heels for any category for the ladies is is hard. 
Um, and we're talking amateurs, right? Like this isn't this wasn't a pro show, so yep. you know we can't be too hard on on some of these amateur athletes because a lot of them it was their first shows. Even with the the girl in the bikini class that I was very impressed with, I can't remember her name, the blonde girl in the blue suit. She placed, you know, with her she was a novice and beginner, and she won and mm-hmm. and. Um, um, she, you and I talked about this, Desiree, and she. Yep, I think it was Caitlin. Me, like, Caitlin Cody was her name. Okay. She, name right she was. She was impressive. Um, yes. Yeah. Oh, that's right. She had the same name as Caitlin. Um, she was impressive to me. She's going to go really far. Um, and. Um, uh, let's see. I mean, there were some like you know posing things that she could definitely you know, had worked on, but I, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, but, you know, there's, you you have these athletes that have the physique um, and the same thing in, in classic physique, I feel like that was a really hard category for me because with some of oh those my poses, gosh. Had, some yes. of those guys spread their lats a little bit more, you know, it, it always comes down to symmetry for me. Like, if you can kill it with your symmetry because of the way you've built, but also the way you flex your muscle and present, you know, that will, um, I feel like, especially with your lats and that V taper in your front and back pose, I noticed some guys could hit their lats in their front pose, but they couldn't hit them in their back pose. No. You know, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I want to see that symmetry from the back. So, um, yeah, just these little tweaks with, um, the posing to me, I want to, I want to see the hourglass from top to bottom in every pose. And I'm a little forgiving with the transitions as long as you hit the pose when you're in it. Um, but other than that, the confidence and then the consistency with obviously you can tell when somebody has been practicing. Yep. 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 Kaylin, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, like, like this, we are talking the amateur level. And there were a lot of beginner and novice, and and so we were much more forgiving than we would be for for a pro for the pro ranks. But one of the things that stood out to me is when coming onto the stage, it's showtime, and a lot of the athletes didn't get into anything until they got right into position, and then all of a sudden they came to life, and basically, you know. If you're working the muscle, it responds. And, you know, for me being on stage, I love to work that muscle until it's just worn out. If there's something left to put on stage, then I miss it. And I think I I had told Jesse, I said, even when some of these athletes were leaving the stage, they were still in pose, and they never let it go until they got behind the curtain. And I think that's how you present yourself in, in a successful manner, where it, it go time until it's until it's done, and I, I I'm just uh, it's the ones who didn't have a posing coach you knew it immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones who had worked on it off YouTube, you could see that as well because some of them were doing different organizational posing. Uh, for the classic physique, men's classic physique, you could see the ones who had practiced the respective poses for that category and the ones who just stayed with the YouTube bodybuilding. If you're not doing your homework, you know, you can't get mad at the judges for Mm -hmm. basically 
judging what was displayed. Um, as far as uh, people who were spot on with posing, I know the figure tall, dear God, that woman can pose. And mm, she was mm-hmm. killing it. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, for me as a judge, I said I'm looking at bikini in a figure category until she started posing, and then she became amazing. So, you know, posing does make a world of difference. And, and then when we had, the, the, like I said, with the body belly poses, you know, what looks good at home or what looks good in a mirror doesn't translate as well when you're basically focusing on that and trying to show the judge. I, I think I've said this many times in the past. Don't pose to us. Pose to the lighting because that lighting hits and shows the symmetry if you're in the correct spot. That is the point of having that line on the stage. That is the point of having the back uh, lining uh, for the lighting back there for the, the bikini walk. If you're not representing in those regions, then it's really hard to see. And I, I know uh, Jesse had asked many times uh, to have the, the, the competitors on the edges to tilt our way so we could see their best instead of basically them trying to look uh, to their families and, 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 you know, blowing these kisses. I'm thinking, well, yeah, they're, they're over there, but the judges are right here. And, and we need to see what your family is seeing. I would much rather see it and judge it accordingly so your family could see you do better as compared to you trying to find them in the audience and basically engaging with them as compared to uh, dealing with what, you know, the time that you have on stage to get the proper placing. Um, you know, I, I heard a lot of awes and, and, and saddened things that need not have been if the, the competitor had been more focused on the judging panel and addressing us and then, you know, when, when they're winning, getting that, that pose or, or in the top five, getting those poses, and then basically engaging with the family. But it, it just uh, it, it didn't help them in, in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, like, but like I said, Jen and I were basically saying, you know, these are, are newbies, and, and God bless them for getting the shape and symmetry that they, they had to begin with because you, you think about the alternatives with what we're talking about earlier on the show, and that's a, a great way to get better because they'll get the critique, they'll get the insight, and they'll also get better if they keep going forward. Now, let's talk about this a little bit more, though, because you just shared something I think that we don't really talk about or, or think about. And when you're so nervous and you're getting on stage, I know no one is thinking about this, but when you say pose to the light, how exactly is an athlete going to go about doing that? What kind of awareness do they need to have on the stage to make sure that they are in the best light as possible so they can be seen? Okay. Uh, the answer to that is basically if you get there on time and, and watching when they're setting up the stage lighting, you will see where uh, I think Jesse was one of our helpers for, for proper lighting. And, uh, you know, Tony had her out there, and he was trying to see where the light needed to be because we had one uh, floor light that was not at the right angle, and he needed somebody on stage so he could put it in the proper place. Uh, if you're, Like I said, if you're doing your homework and you, you see the lighting on stage in these videos, you should see that they're 
standing up, hitting the light and let the light get them. Uh, if you if you're at the, the respective show that you're competing and you are there on time, where well, you can uh, see what's going on with the setup and everything else, you can see where the lighting hits best, or you should be. I mean, it's not it, it's not something you you think about, uh, but it was something that a coach would know ahead of time. Uh, I, I've always said, you know, when we're doing our practicing and posing. At our at the gym at Pitbody U, where I'm telling him this is the correct lighting, and I've marked it on the floor. I don't I don't think you've been to the gym yet, but we have X's marked on the floor where the lighting is best, and that's what I want them to see and where they need to stand and how they need to position themselves. But like Jesse was saying, when the symmetry is at its best and the light's hitting exactly where it needs to, you you can have a very amazing physique. And I I get very disappointed when I hear people say it's all an illusion. If you created that muscle, there's no illusion about that. You're showing your best and the light hits it to show it at its best. There's, there's no illusion to that. There's muscle, there's conditioning, and there's symmetry. I, I don't see any magic trick in any of that other than the good posing that makes your muscle hit at its best at the proper time you're displaying it. So if, if you're there and you're, you're in that proper lighting, you're, you're going to burn up. I can tell you that right now, especially if it's good lighting. You're going to cook on stage, but <laughs> you'll, you'll uh, look your absolute best. All right. That, so reminds, and, me, and, uh, that, that reminds me of a uh, show I did in New York for uh, – it was uh, WMBF Pro Universe. And the lighting on stage was so hot, we all melted. Like, my tan literally melted off on stage within five minutes. It was crazy. Um, but I would also say the, the line is there, and, it, like, they put that line there specifically, and then we even pulled the table back a little bit so that we weren't too close. Granted, I felt as judges we got a really good look at physique. Like, we got pretty pretty close enough to be able to see too much striation or – you know, like all these little details, which was really good for us. But they moved everybody around really well. Like if you were on one side of the stage, they pretty much moved you to the other side of the stage. And the lighting was different. So not different, but like, I mean, obviously you're going to look different to one judge on one side than you are to the other. So I felt like they did a pretty good job of that. I think it was it wasn't necessarily, you know, an issue with lighting. It was like where the athlete was stepping a lot of times they like to crouch together and it's like, you need to spread out. Like we're not all trying to get in the middle. You need to spread out to the end of the line and make sure you stay on the line for the lighting. Cause that's where it's set. Yep. Yep. And so to both of their points. So I guess what Kaylin is saying is when you get there, just don't barricade yourself in the back room or the pump up room or wherever you throw your stuff out. If you are able come out, spend some time, Take a look at the stage. You know, they might still be setting up, but you can stand back. You can see and kind of get a mental image of how you want to be coming out on the stage and where you want to be as far as where that line is. I mean, you might get moved around, but you can still have an awareness of yeah. what area you want to be on. So, you know, I know we get nervous and everything goes radio silent and you're just like, am I smiling? Am I not smiling? Am I like, I don't even know what's going on right now. I don't know. <laughs> but 
still try to have that mental game ready to go so you can have a level of awareness and calmness so you can just work everything to your benefit. Yeah, and I'll give a pro tip too. Um, If you can, try to actually get on that stage before the show starts because if you're wearing, if you're a female and you're wearing a heel, you want to know how the grip is so you can adjust your posing and your transitions when you're when you're on stage. Sometimes it's a carpeting, sometimes it's wood, sometimes like at the warrior, it was like this uh it was like a vinyl, it was like a rubber. Yeah. Uh, which I yeah. really liked it because nobody had any trips or slips or anything. It was a really great great flooring. Yeah, and it was their own flooring. They own it. So <laughs> So there's another thing for Natty Revolution. They have their own flooring top. <laughs> you can expect some consistency. And the most amazing yeah. awards. Holy cow. Those were yeah. phenomenal awards. Yeah. They had full-blown shields and a spear and helmets. Helmets. And <laughs> big medals and trophies. I mean, it was it was all very – I yeah, mean, and they had – Goodie bags from here till next week. Oh my gosh! That were full of the things. Yeah, gallon jugs, and every winner got like five different things. (laughs) Yeah, I mean they they all needed help help carrying stuff off off the stage. Yes. Uh, One thing I'd like to add. uh, Well, actually, two. Uh, Lee, God bless him, gives a great amount of time of giving the newer athletes a second chance at getting the pose right. Uh, yeah. he, he nuances it in really well. And one of the things that Christopher Wirtz had said and Lisa said as well is giving the guys some space because they were so worried about crowding themselves in that middle that sometimes they weren't able to display their best. And it, it, it uh, even after he had made the point of to space themselves out, they still found a way to wedge themselves back in there. It it doesn't do you any favor to to crowd the other guy and look like you're fighting for space because basically you're not going to pose correctly. And I, I think we saw that twice, Jess, where the guy took his arms up instead of out and his last base mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of that pose. And, and he was so worried about fighting for that spot and he actually lost the place. And, I, you know, it's like these little things – the, the people in the audience might be revving it up and thinking that's a great thing, but it's the furthest thing from it. Yeah. Yep. Hey, can I, that leads me into the biggest thing that I'm, I struggled with on Saturday and it was this whole thing. And, 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 and I talked to both of you guys about it at dinner afterwards, but for me, it's okay. Yes. We're dealing with amateurs, and we have physiques that some of them are obviously pro-worthy because the winners are winning a pro card. Now, mm-hmm. we got posing flaws, right, that we talked about. We talked about, like, other situations that can happen on stage. Um, but when it comes down to two physiques, and I had a really hard time with this when it came down to, like, two different physiques that were completely different from each other. Let's say um, – uh, I know that we could use the at the very end of the show with it. Was, I think it was classic physique. Um, was it 50 and over or 40, 40 and over? And 
the guy had um, one guy had competed previously in physique and then also did classic physique, and then another guy, the other guy that had come out, I think he was a little older, um, and he was way shredded and had a lot of muscle. So to me, he has the size and he has the conditioning. When I'm looking at a physique, I'm thinking size, shape, symmetry, and conditioning. Those are the four big things for me. If you have all four of those, plus you have stage presence, that's the overall package. I didn't find, there were a couple athletes at the very end and some bodybuilders that I felt were really close to that. Like, I'd love to see them compete at the next level. But this, these two in particular, I had a really hard time with because the other guy, one guy has the muscle with the size, right? And he's got the conditioning. Mm-hmm. So he put in the work to build and to, to lean out. Did I think he was a little lean? Yeah. Did I think he lacked on his symmetry and his shape? Yes. I don't think he had the shape or the symmetry like the other guy did, but he wasn't lean enough and he didn't have bigger muscles than the guy. So for me, I'm like, okay, am I going to lean towards shape and symmetry? You know, obviously there's muscle there, and obviously, you know, he did diet, but this guy, and, you know, he's he obviously put in a lot more work to come to stage, even though he doesn't have the shape and the symmetry as much as the other guy. So I ended up awarding the work. I ended up awarding the muscle and the leanness because he did, you know, he did still know the poses really well, really well. He was confident and, you know, he, he was able to get the laughs out, but he obviously, sometimes when you look at genetics, okay, the shape and symmetry is obviously there for one person more easily. Uh, But, you know, so I awarded, I'm like, this is a bodybuilding competition. And so for me, the conditioning and the size of the muscle actually won me over on in there. But I saw that that guy, was, the other guy that took second place was very disappointed. I could see it on his face, and I understood why. So I'm curious to know what both of your thoughts are when it comes to athletes at this level when you're like, it's like six of one, half dozen of another. What do I do? Where do you lean? Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, that's such a hard one because it really is on a case-by-case basis. And I know people are probably listening to us be like, well, it shouldn't be like this and everything should be cut and dried. But it's it's really not because there are so many factors that play into it. And I think that's where, um, you know, the head judge helping to guide what that criteria is specifically that they are looking for for that organization because it varies from organization to organization a little bit is really key. But um, I tend to lead towards, I mean, this is bodybuilding. This is bodybuilding, and there's a certain expectation for certain levels of muscle depending on the category that you are in. And so I tend to lean towards size and symmetry, and then conditioning is the, like, the, over, the, the next cut after that. Um, but you have to have the stage presence and poise through it all to tie it all together because you need Mm -hmm. to have the muscle. The muscle development is the top half comparable to the lower half. Great. You've got that. That's going on. All right. How much conditioning is in place to really show off what it is that you have created? Because we've seen, and this has been a debate for a long time because we went through a streak where we had athletes coming out shredder than shredded, you know, so lean, their conditioning was 110%, but you know what? 
They had no size. So was this a conditioning competition or was this a bodybuilding competition? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I tend to lean towards size, symmetry, conditioning, but you got to have the stage presence to pull it together because if you can't pose to show it, then it doesn't, you know, it's much harder. If you are over the top on size and conditioning and symmetry, then, yeah, you can get away with not having strong of posing because it's evident. It's there. You know, you can see it without a doubt. But if you're lacking in any one area over the other, the posing is really what's going to show off what your strongest assets are. So you got to have it. But that's that's where I lean. Kaylin? Well, I, I can actually speak on this one because I, I was actually critiqued that way at one show where I was uh, a little bit out of it mentally, and I posed down to the competition, meaning I didn't present or represent my best. Basically, I was just matching what was done on the either side. But obviously, you know my focus wasn't there. Uh, the criteria doesn't change. I mean, let's, let's be honest about that. It, it, it never changes. If it's for that organization, that's what's set in stone. If it's year by year, it doesn't matter. We should be looking at the criteria that is stated. Uh, one of the things is muscle fullness. Symmetry and muscle fullness are two different things, and I think sometimes we, we can merge those unintentionally. And so mm. if, if it's bodybuilding and I don't see any muscle, then I'm moving it on. I don't have to look any further. Uh, sometimes we have athletes that are basically – I know there was one uh, gentleman that was on stage, and he didn't know the pose until somebody else did it, and that's foretelling. So, you know, you, you, if, you, if you're looking at the little nuances that basically differentiate the person that was ready to be there and the one who's, who's not, there's going to be certain gaps, not gaps, gaps, where they're doing it's unintentional, but if you know what to look for as a judge, you know what separates the men from the boys. And that's no fun or slack of slight against women. It's at times if you're not focused on what they're representing, sometimes you can uh, miss the smaller things or the tidbits. And and Jeff, I know the two that you're talking about. And and one, I was really hoping he would give that energy and and push that to that next. You know, like it it, it was a time to get aggressive in the pose. And he wasn't doing so. And so, mm-hmm. you know, to show his best, then why am I judging him as the best? And so yeah. it's not a him. I, I wish he had done that extra because that one fellow, was, he was there. He was there to win. And there was no doubt about it. And he was pushing as hard as he could to make sure that we knew that he wasn't there playing mm-hmm. around, ready to go. And so, you know, I, I do look that way because to me that's bodybuilding. If that's how we're going to go about it and we're showing our bodies at their peak, at their fullness and at their best and they're matching the criteria exactly as they're supposed to. And yes, it, yep. it, to me, I think one was playing down to the competition instead of basically just stepping above. I, I think they need to get that Jordan mentality where you're going to kill them all. And, and then, you know, you can figure out what's left of the rest of the body. But I'm basically here to make sure uh, 
that that I I showed my and 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 it was very telling in in a lot of the categories, but it was definitely telling in that one especially. And mm-hmm. and can I just say I just I just want to put this out there for the bikini athletes. This is still bodybuilding. You Thank still you. need a degree of muscle. Okay. Yes. I just I just got to say that coming in stick skinny and that's all you've got mm-hmm. to show for your efforts. All you've shown us is yeah. that you can diet. You haven't yep. shown us that you've put in any effort to building the physique that you put on stage. You're going to look great in a bikini because you're thin. That's great. But what kind of shape do you have? What kind of form does your muscle have? Can we see that? No, we're not looking for the striations of figure, but we want to see that you have a hamstring. We want to see that you have a quad. We want to see that your glutes are rounded. We want to see that Mm -hmm. you have a shoulder cap. We want to see the beginning formation of abs. We want to see Mm -hmm. muscle. Please do not come to us dieted down with no muscle. Please. That's not what bikini is. That's fit, that's fitness or sports model or whatever. Yes. Or yes. angel. You can do angel. But even angel for that category, they want uh, a physique very similar to bikini. Yes. So please, I mean, I don't know who's giving who the impression of just bring me a dieted girl and put her on stage and she's going to win. No, this is bodybuilding. Please show us what yeah. you've built. Yeah, I I did mark a couple girls down um, specifically. Like I, if you didn't have the legs for the like, there was a very obviously no muscle in your legs. Um, you were lucky in my marking to make top three. You know, so mm-hmm. I I think Desiree, you and I have kind of more of a a love for bikini because we both compete in that category. Yeah. So. We know that category very well just by our own personal experience, yeah. but it's also one that's very controversial, and it's hard mm-hmm. to pinpoint exactly what the criteria is. And in the natural federations, and I've competed in seven of them now, some are just pro leagues to some of the amateur federations, right? But they all have different criteria, and you have to go to the website if you're going to compete mm-hmm. in a show and read what the criteria is. So Alana is going to be promoting uh, a show next year, um, and she was the one who was giving one, one of the, the athletes that was giving awards um, on Saturday. And, I, and she's asking me for help on, you know, what do I want to make sure? And I said, when, you send, when people register and you send them emails, please emphasize that they go to the, the judging criteria for their category so that they understand how it, it differentiates between another federation they might have already been competing in. Because like Kaylin was saying, some of the poses were very obviously wrong. And the best way for the judges to be able to compare the athletes is when everyone is doing the same poses. And that's kind of a pet peeve I have for bikini is if you're going to do a quarter turn, you make everybody hold the quarter turn the exact same way with bent knees. You don't allow these weird side poses because you can't yeah. then compare them equally if they're yeah. doing a different side pose or they're sticking their butt out and another girl is actually doing the right pose. So I yep. feel like there needs to be more consistency across the board with making sure this bikini category is very clear to the athletes stepping on those stages. 
Yep. So yep. just for example, guys, just for example, I'm I'm uh, looking at USBF, United States Bodybuilding Federation criteria, and this is for bikini. So just just to show I'm I'm not making things up, but let me tell you, if you go to this website, here's what you're going to find under muscularity. They want, they say a slight level of muscularity. Okay, I'd, I'd like to see that more defined. Okay, slight means a lot of things to a lot of people. That can, that's where we get just our dieted down girls, right? If you just read that, then that's all you're going to bring to the stage, but then you have to read on. It wants full, round shoulder caps. You have to build those. Visible quad yeah. development. You've got to build that. Visible hamstring development. You've got to build that. Full, round firm, look at all these adjectives here, glutes, full round firm glutes, okay, and uh, you should not display an abundance of muscle size, that's, those statements, so that's why I'm going to call BS on a couple of these statements, because we've got all these things that you need, full this, visible that, full round firm this, but then we're going to follow it up and say should not display an abundance of muscle size or a slight level of muscularity, we need more uh, clarity around clarity. phrases like that, or don't include them. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm going to call it out here and say, you know, there is there's confusion there, but err on the side of, well, if I have to show a shoulder cap, a glute, and leg development, that means I need some muscle. No, mm-hmm. I don't want yes. striation and maybe define what that means and the difference between figure striation and what that is compared to bikini, but you need muscle. And that's, you know, that's all I'm mm-hmm. going to say about that. So to Jenny's point, get out there, look under criteria for your particular competition, your category, and see what it has to say. And if worse comes to worse, you know what? Make that promoter do their job, his or her job, and yeah. say, send some pictures of what this means. Mm-hmm. Because I want to make sure I'm bringing the right package. So for the USBF, what does a bikini, an acceptable bikini competitor look like? And they can make then the disclaimers and caveats and all that they have to say, but be like, here's this picture pretty close to this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of and the promoters will have certain athletes on their posters that I think that are usually the winners or, you know, top place uh, people who place well. So that mm-hmm. kind of gives you a good idea as to how soft or hard they're looking there for like one of, you know, say bikini category to be. Yeah, you great know? point. Great point. Sorry, guys, I hijacked this and made it a bikini end here, and we actually are oh, at, no. at the end. So we didn't, uh, we didn't really get into the, well, yeah, but we got into some nitty-gritty of basics that athletes should be thinking about regardless mm-hmm. based on what we saw at the well, yeah. So, Jesse, last thoughts on tonight? Um, I think that Courtney and Tony did a phenomenal job promoting. I was so impressed with them across the board. Um, yes. Any show that they do in the future would be wise for any athlete to consider jumping in and competing at. Um, they're just people, they just have the biggest hearts. And um, I think that no matter what they do, they're going to steer athletes in a really good direction in the bodybuilding industry. Um, I love Leaf really makes an effort to give his best to the industry. And he's actually very non-biased, which listening to him a little bit more, I'm actually 
really impressed with how much he wants to serve the athletes and how much he wants people's opinions. And he does want to listen to people. So I feel like there's a really good opportunity there for the athletes to really kind of come together and, and use him and lean on him to help create good experiences for athletes going to bodybuilding shows. And the people that he has on his judging panel, um, like, you know, and the people that he has that are also working for him also are co like our owners or CEOs or help to support other natural federations. And just to see the unity and the friendships that are created because there are so many people out there in natural bodybuilding that are willing to work together, even though, yep, federations are different. Yep. There's maybe some crazy political, you know, history, you know, that's related to it. Yeah. People are competitive and they want to promote their own shows and, you know, all that, but just knowing so many different types of organizations and having stepped on so many stages, I have respect for all of them across the board. And I love being able to see many of them come together for the good of the sport. And that's really cool as an athlete for me to see that as a coach and now as a judge, because it, it just makes me see that this sport is really moving in the right direction that it's supposed to. I'm into that. Kaylin. Well, I know a lot of these guys and ladies symmetry would have been so much better if they had just brought some snickerdoodle. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know what, I could come battling back with a uh, chocolate way for the win, warrior cry, but I won't. <laughs> so right. I second everything that uh, Jesse said, and even Kaylin. Even Kaylin, guys, symmetry is important. So let's work on driving that home. And above and beyond that, just remember, your body's a temple. So let's build it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.